This place is special. Get asked all the time, where's your favorite place to take college game day? And I say every time, Eugene, Oregon. Yes. This is the best crowd. Honestly, it's six in the morning here. Yeah. It's dark. It's raining. They don't care. These fans right here, pound for pound, are as good as any college football fans in the country. This program is staged to compete and to win championships. Oregon is going to be in the championship game. Can you believe the magical season this has become? When we watch this film, does our effort beat theirs? Here's Bo Nix. Guns been making deposits. Time to cash the check. Sound at Austin, which is deafening for an Oregon 15-point win. Chip Kelly still does not have a win against his former school, and we say farewell. Man, it feels great to be a duck. Welcome to the QB11 Show, presented by Scoop Duck, with Doug, Andrew, and J-Hop. Here are the guys with the latest scoop. Good evening and welcome back to the QB11 show presented by Scoop Deck. As always, I am your host, Doug Scott, and I'm joined by QB11. Andrew, how are you today? Howdy, Doug. I'm doing good. I'm good. Man, we're... Uh... I didn't ask if you were good or not. You're right. You didn't. I'm sorry. How are you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> Football's here. We had week zero. We had some games. It was, and I actually got to watch quite a bit of it, so I'm excited to talk about that. I watched all of the USC game. I did not watch uh, much of anything else. I saw a few plays here and there from Notre Dame. But why don't we start with the Notre Dame game? Um, if you watched any of that, like, you know, kind of fill in on what your takeaways are. I don't care about whoever they play at Navy, but let's talk about Notre Dame. What do you think? Uh, for those who are familiar with the podcast, I'm not a big fan of like overreactions to week one because it's such a small sample size. And week zero. A lot of times it's, or yeah, sorry, in this case, it's week zero, but also week one. Um, because it's a it's game one, things are sloppy usually, and then there's also like usually pretty a wide discrepancy between opponents. Um, and this is one of those games, right, where it's like, okay, well, I know Sam Hartman's good. I know that Notre Dame's offensive line is elite, um, but how good is the rest of Notre Dame? And I don't think that this is an opponent that I get to really gauge that against. So we'll see what Notre Dame looks like here in two weeks when they play at home against Ohio State. But overall, I think if you're a Notre Dame fan, you're encouraged by the, about the fact that you have a much better quarterback than you've had really at any point in the last decade and a half, maybe other than Brady Quinn. Um, so that, that's gotta be a, a good feeling if you're Notre Dame, um, a school with a rich quarterback hit tra- tradition and history. That's just been horrible at the position. I mean, if Ian book is your best player of the last decade. That's not a good sign. Yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't watch much of the game, but I mean, Harvin obviously had a good line. Um, you know, Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's season will rest on, like, what do they look like against USC? What do they look like against, you know, the ACC teams that they play? Ohio State, obviously, in week two is a big one, too. So we'll judge them a lot more off of those. I think you have to be encouraged if you're a Notre Dame fan, just that, you know, they they took on, you know, a, a triple option team. They dominated. They did what they were supposed to do. They came away with an easy victory, and that's all you can really hope for in a game like that. Yeah. Let's move on to USC. Um, I did watch this game, and uh, it was obviously twenty-one fourteen at the half. Uh, not and not a not a great first half of football for the Trojans, but they 
kind of took over kind of late third quarter, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, had some great special teams play from Zachariah Branch, and I'm sure we'll be talking about him some more later. Uh, and obviously, Caleb Williams and the receivers did what they needed to do to to put the game out of the reach. If you just looked at the box score, the scoreboard, you you think it was a blowout, but uh, I mean, it was certainly a, you know, it was like a two score game late in the third. So um, probably not the start they were looking for on the whole, but you know, again, not wanting to take too many uh, week zero overreactions here, but but I think there's some things that USC fans could be a little concerned about coming out of that game. What do you think? Yeah, I think if you're a USC fan, the question is like the defense, right? I mean, ultimately, I think you have a pretty good feeling about Caleb Williams. He's a returning Heisman Trophy winner, and at times in this game, he just kind of took over and carried them. Um, and I think you love your receiver position, specifically Zachariah Branch, the true freshman who looks like genuinely he might be one of, if not the best receiver in the conference already. Um, it'll be fun to see kind of how he progresses throughout the year, right? Because he's a true freshman in week one. I mean, I think back to what De'Anthony Thomas looked like against LSU versus what he looked like at the end of the year against uh, Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Um, and and will we see a similar kind of arc with Branch? I mean, he started off on a good note against an inferior opponent. So um, special talent there, though, nonetheless. Yeah. If you're a USC fan, I think that the the offensive line is a concern. I mean, they gave up a lot of pressure um, and quite a few sacks to San Jose State. And I don't know that anyone was expecting San Jose State to be able to pull that off. Um, and then defensively, it's I think I think Lincoln Riley said it well. Um, and if you're if you believe that Alex Alex Grinch is a good enough coordinator to get this right, then you believe that under the uh, the context that you have much better players this year than you did a year ago. And I think that's true. Um, and because of that, the ceiling of this defense is high, but it's just going to take time to gel and for those guys to fit into the scheme because there's a lot of missed gaps, um, poor poor gap discipline. Um, and bad tackling. So players like Mason Cobb, players like Tackett Curtis, a true freshman, basically the whole front seven's new. Um, seeing Damani Jackson out there healthy was a good thing. I think he's going to be a really good player as the year goes on. I think that there's a higher ceiling for this defense, but as it is right now, there's still quite a bit of work to do um, as evidenced by the game yesterday. Yeah, I thought Anthony Lucas looked really good um, off the edge. Uh, he, he was pretty unblockable at times, obviously, at San Jose State. So we'll see how that translates in, in some of the better offensive lines they play later in the year. Um, I thought Bear Alexander was a presence at a few moments during the game, but I, it feels like there was a lot of times too where where he was kind of a non-factor. So and he only had one tackle on the day, and, you know, kind of kind of hit and miss, which is I think kind of the word that was out on him, um, you know, before he transferred to, to USC. But overall, I thought their front seven, like like you said, it's a better it's a better front seven talent wise, but you know, how well they actually, you know, translate that talent into results. I think when they, when they had good gap discipline and good pressure, they really made it look easy, but man, at the times when, you know, the Cordero, the the quarterback or, or the running back was able to get through that front, that first layer of the defense, man, there was just grass for days. And, and bad angles and like you said, bad tackling. So uh, that that's got to get cleaned up as they get toward later in their schedule. I mean, I think the good news for USC is there's really only three teams, maybe four on the schedule that that present enough offensively to challenge them, right? Because uh, their offense is going to score. They're going to score just a ton of points against almost anybody. So, I mean, even if they don't improve, they're at least an eight, nine win team at a minimum. 
um, with just because of their offense and the, and the schedule they play. But I mean, if people want this to be a playoff team or a, or a team that can contend in the playoffs, there's got to be significant better play from that defense. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt of any of that. So, yeah, and I think the offensive line, as you pointed out, it was that was a little bit concerning. They played a lot of guys. They were rotating. I noticed they were rotating through a lot of different lineups at offensive line. So maybe they're just trying to find their best five, and uh, we'll we'll put that as a wait and see. I mean, they their next schedule they play Nevada, then Stanford, then a bye, then Arizona State, then Colorado, then Arizona. So I mean, they're not going to be tested now for quite some time. I mean, if they get tested in any of those games, like that would be you know, quite surprising. Uh, and then they play at Notre Dame, not until week seven. So I, I think that's really their first test on the schedule. So we'll just kind of watch how they roll to, to six and zero before they get there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that I was thinking about that. Like who's, who's got the talent to like actually expose the offensive line or to really like <laughs> put the clamps on them. And there's really not a lot of teams on their schedule. So um I think they're probably in pretty good shape here for the foreseeable future. Yep, for sure. All right, so QB, we've got our full in-depth game-by-game, team-by-team, full Pac-12 predictions here. We did this last year. Uh, We're going to do it again this year. So we're going to go through week-by-week, kind of predict the winner of each of the the games, and then we'll end up with – a win-loss total and a conference win-loss total for every team in the conference, and then uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. You ready to start? I'm ready. All right. Uh, week one, Arizona hosts Northern Arizona. I've got Arizona winning that one. Um, why are you doing this in a weird order? It's the order. It's alphabetical order of teams. What order you got? It's not the order that it is in my sheet, but okay, that's fine. So you've got Arizona at Northern. Okay, yep. I have Arizona winning that game, obviously. So, all right, Arizona State hosting Southern Utah. I have a win for the Sun Devils there. Yep, yep. Uh, a lot of these these first few weeks, we're going to breeze through pretty quickly, and then we can talk about some of the games at a little more length when they get more interesting. California hosting Northern Texas. I have Cal winning that one. I do as well. All right, Colorado at TCU. Um, I've got TCU winning that one. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Me too. I mean, TCU, I think is expected to take a step back this year, but they're not going to take four steps back and they're still going to be a significantly better football team than, than Colorado. And and Dion's going to lose his opener, uh, down in Texas in that game. Yeah, I agree. I I just don't think that on the lines of scrimmage specifically that Colorado is nearly equipped to, to win a game like this yet, especially on the road week one, like new systems. I'm expecting some slop. Um, and frankly, like, I think we've talked about this before, just looking at all the stuff that's coming out of these practices, like Colorado just looks like a small team. Um, and as yeah. much as they can try to turn over 70 players on their roster, how much quality are you really getting out of 70 guys? Yeah, it's funny. You look at some of the pictures uh, that they posted on their social media over the summer of like either their team or the videos of certain plays or like, oh, here's our defensive back unit, right? And it's like a, a group photo. And then you look at like, other teams in the conference, like particularly Oregon, right? You look at like, okay, that DB room does not look like that DB room. Like obviously there's more to it than just the physical, uh, you know, the physical look of something, but, but that does matter. No, it absolutely matters. And I think that, um, as maybe not as much we are in the early part of the season, but as, as they're 
depth gets tested over the course of the year, I think that Colorado's going to run into some problems. And I just think that TCU is just that much better than them, that it, depth isn't even going to be a concern in this game. It's just the top line for TCU is better. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Oregon hosts Portland State. That's obviously going to be a, a, what we would hope to be an easy victory at home. Yeah. Um, interesting one here. The same San Jose State team we just saw play USC. Oregon State goes to San Jose State in week one. Yeah, so USC actually had a lot of success running the ball for the most part. Like They were pretty consistent, and that's what Oregon State does really well. And so I think Oregon State's just going to be able to control this game, although it, the scoreboard might be somewhat competitive. I guess this is going to be kind of a good litmus test to see how much – different the person like the different personnel what does that do to affect Oregon State's defense um specifically in the passing game because I think it's Nash is the name the converted quarterback for San Jose State was making some big time catches against USC yeah I thought Cordero made he's a he's a good little player I, I thought he made some great plays with his feet and his arms so um it I expect Oregon State I have Oregon State winning that game but I I do expect them to be tested a little bit and I think we might see something there as well all right, moving on. I got Stanford traveling out to the islands to play Hawaii, who put up a pretty good fight, I guess, against Vanderbilt. Uh, but I have Stan- Stanford winning that one. Yeah, I've got Hawaii. Um, after watching Hawaii against Vanderbilt, and actually, I had actually done this exercise a week ago, um, and I think that Stanford's the worst team in the Pac-12. Well, actually, I think Cal's somehow worse than them. Um, but I think that that Hawaii is a team that can absolutely beat them. I don't, I don't know what they're doing at quarterback. I think that there's some major talent deficiency kind of across the board. Um, and so with that in mind, I'm, I'm taking Hawaii to win this game. I think it's the beginning of a very long year one uh, for the Cardinal. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Uh, UCLA takes on Coastal Carolina at home. I've got the Bruins winning that one. I've got the Bruins as well. I think that they're going to cruise through the schedule pretty pretty good. All right, USC, uh, fresh off their week zero win, will take on Nevada at home in week one. And uh, Nevada's, I just don't think, a very good football program. And I think USC wins that one uh, pretty convincingly, especially, you know, they're going to have a game under their belt. I think they're going to put the screws to Nevada. Listen, we love Ken Wilson, but I just don't think that this is going to be a game that's particularly competitive. But it'll be fun to see a bunch of old Oregon players, um, some transfers play for Nevada. So I'll watch this game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Utah hosts Florida, one of the better games on paper, at least in the college football in week one. I have Utah winning this one, but I don't feel great about it given their quarterback situation. And I think it could be a a pretty ugly game. Yeah. So I've got Utah winning on this, but I actually have a small bet against Utah in real life for next week. Um, But I think that the most likely outcome is that Utah wins. Although um, no cam rising makes this far less certain um, than I would have it if he was playing. He's listed as the starter on the, on the, on the depth chart. That yeah. I, th- I think it's pretty clear at this point <laughs> that he's not going to be actually playing. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like that game last year where they, they were kind of Kyle, Kyle likes to play those games as most coaches in college do. All right. Uh, Washington hosts Boise State, a game that I'm intrigued to watch. Andy Avalos has had some success in the past defensively against Kalen DeBoer when he was down at uh, at Fresno. So it'll be interesting to watch, particularly the, the Boise defense against uh, UW's offense, but also the Boise quarterback. I think you mentioned this before, or, you know, might be a little bit of trouble too. So I think this will be a game Washington wins, but I think it maybe won't be as uh, comfortable as they'd like. 
yeah, we'll see how they handle a running quarterback this year. In the past, it's been something that they've struggled with, this, that their defensive staff has struggled with, actually, if we kind of even look historically. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, Washington's just going to overwhelm them with talent on the offensive side of the ball. I think players like Jalen uh, McMillan, guys like Romo Dunze, Michael Penix, I think that they just kind of end up pulling away late in this game. Um, but I do think that I could see the score being competitive and I could see the spread being pushed by this Boise team. Andy Avalos is a good coach. Uh, Taylor Green, the quarterback, is a really freaky athlete. Um, although as a passer and with the – I'm not sure what weapons they have um, that are really going to challenge Washington vertically. And even if they had the weapons, is he a player that's going to be consistently counted on um, to, to convert? So – it's a it's a game that I'm really interested to watch, but ultimately I think Washington's going to kind of pull away late in this one. And finally, week one, we've got Washington State traveling to play Colorado State. I've got the Cougars. Yeah, yeah I do too. Uh, I don't have a ton of wins on here for Washington State. Well, actually, yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic than some, but um, I think this is one that they're able to win, and I think that getting these early wins is going to be really important for them to get to bowl eligibility. Yeah, for sure. I I don't have them making a bowl, but I I feel like I'm probably a little low on Washington State compared to some, and I I probably I feel like I'm probably a game off somewhere here. So yeah, agree. If they're gonna make a bowl, they have to win this one for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get into week two. I'll go back to the top with Arizona. They play at Mississippi State, and uh, yeah, I don't. I think Arizona's a bowl team this year. I've got them making a bowl, but I don't have them winning on the road in the SEC at Mississippi no, State. And Starkville is not an easy place to an easy place to play. And I actually think this Mississippi State team is pretty good. So um, I got Mississippi State probably winning this by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think their defense is going to just be too much for Arizona, and, and Arizona conversely doesn't have enough defense, particularly on the line of scrimmage. I think they're just going to get abused. Yeah, I mean, they brought in a bunch of transfers, but I mean, are these guys that are actually high-level players or are they replacement-level guys? Yeah. Uh, I have another loss for Arizona State. They're hosting Oklahoma State, and I think uh, I don't think they have enough for the uh, the Sooners. Or not the Sooners, the uh, Cowboys. Um, I have Oklahoma State as well, but I think this will be a, a fun game. I... I end up picking Oklahoma state because I just trust my Gundy, but there was a lot of attrition this off season. Um, and not, and I'm not just talking about guys going pro, um, or, uh, yeah, or just, I'm not just talking about guys going pro or, or graduating. I'm talking about guys just leaving the program that were productive players over the years, um, for Mike Gundy. And so it's going to be kind of an interesting year. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt just based on his past performance, but I'm going to yeah. really need to see something from them. Um, this and year. this could be one of those games where we get a little sense of what they're going to be like because if they come if they come down to Tempe and get smacked around, then um, that's going to probably change my thinking on on Oklahoma State this year. Yeah, I think it's highly unlikely that they get smacked like that. Yeah, that, uh, Arizona State's capable of just smacking them around, but 
I do think that Arizona State is capable of of making this a competitive game. All right, Cal will host Auburn in week two, and Hugh Freeze's uh, first season there. And uh, yeah, sorry, Cal, you're not going to beat Auburn in a rebuilding year, even. No, absolutely not. Cal sucks. Um, I'm you, people. If you're a Cal fan, you're probably not going to like my prediction for them this season. Uh, but I think Auburn's absolutely going to clean them out at home this year because Auburn has actually recruited really, really well, and I think that they have one of the better transfer portal classes. Um, you could tell that they were ready to spend, and um, because <laughs> of that. I'm I'm gonna roll I'm gonna roll with uh, with Auburn. Yeah, continuing the theme of Pac-12 losses in Week Two, I've got Colorado falling at home to Nebraska. I do as well. Um, I think Nebraska is actually gonna be a pretty good football team, which is why I have a I have a two-game parlay. Um, the odds on it are plus a thousand, but it's the money lines of Nebraska against Minnesota as well as. Um, uh, Florida over Utah, and if both those hit, I I only put down like twenty bucks, but it pays out two hundred. So I think that's a pretty good pretty good odds uh, on you, teams. You need, that... to, you need to send me that one. I might want to get in on that action. We'll talk yeah, about I don't that. I don't think it's like a stone cold lock, but I do think it's a like possible outcome that's likely enough to risk twenty bucks on, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Nebraska. I, I mean, I think they were an underperforming football team in the last couple of years just because of the the total ineptitude in their coaching staff and the disarray that was happening inside that program uh, from Scott Frost on down that I think caused them to underperform. I think they have better talent on their roster than Colorado. I think obviously with Matt Rule coming in, you'd like to think that they've probably reestablished or should have reestablished some amount of some, – some semblance of, of – some sort of operational uh, normalcy and culture and all the other kind of intangibles, if you will. So I, I think they're going to be too much for Colorado. Yeah, I do too. And I also think that Scott Satterfield gets a bad rap and I'm not saying that he's in a, or not Scott Satterfield. Is it Scott Satterfield, their offensive coordinator? I know there's two Satterfields. Um, I know he gets a bad rap. I know South Carolina fans can't stand the guy and they're like, Oh my gosh, him leaving is the best thing that could have ever happened. But Matt Rule's a good coach, and like I've seen him do it at Temple. I've seen him do it at Baylor. Obviously, the NFL is a completely different animal, and I don't think it's really all that indicative of college success. Um, but there's, I, I think this team has some talent, and if, if the reports coming out of Nebraska's camp about their quarterback, uh, the Georgia Tech transfer, are true, then I think that this could be actually a pretty dangerous football team, and I think um, there's going to be some opportunities early to bet on this team because of that. Makes sense. All right, uh, big week two matchup. Oregon traveling to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. Um, I think Texas Tech is a good football team, but I think Oregon's uh, line of line of scrimmage play on both sides of the ball are going to ultimately decide this one, and I've got Oregon going on the road and winning. I do as well. Uh, I don't think this game is actually going to be as competitive as a lot of people are expecting it to be. Um, again, call me a homer. Don't really care. Uh, it's one of those things where – Oregon's just a much more talented team. I don't think that Tim DeRuiter's style of defense is going to pair that well against Oregon's talent, uh, specifically the talent at receiver, because this is kind of a new look group relative to uh, years past for Oregon. I think this is probably the most talent that we've had at the re- receiver position in ever, ever, ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think ever is probably the right word. So with that in mind, um, I'm going I'm going with the Ducks to win this game by a couple scores. All right, I got Oregon State taking care of UC Davis at home. 
nothing more yeah. needs to be said there. Not uh, a lot Sta- to say about that one. Yeah. Uh, Stanford goes on the road. Conference first conference game of the Pac-12 season. They go to USC. Uh, yeah, no contest. USC's taking care of that one. Yep, 100 percent agree. Uh, UCLA will host San Diego State. Uh, the Bruins will get the win there. I agreed. Utah travels to Baylor. Um, I have Utah dropping this one on the road in Waco after beating Florida in a tough week one contest. Um, I do. Sorry, I'm, my mind's a little bit different order, so you got to bear with me on this one. Um, I have Utah winning. You got Utah winning. Okay. Uh, so we're a little yeah. different there. I've got Baylor winning that one. Uh, I just think Utah is still going to be without Cam Rising. I think still uncertainty there. I think the the road, the road uh, deal, the lack of weapons and lack of offensive firepower for Utah are going to be what uh, what does them in there. I, it's, I think it's kind of a low scoring defensive game, but I think Baylor is going to pull it out. Um, yeah, I just I don't really. So when Matt Rule left, now obviously they had that one really bad year, and then they turned it around and had like an 11-win season at Baylor. But there was a lot of raw athletic talent on that team, just based on the way that Matt Rule kind of runs his program, um, and the way that they recruit. Like they just recruit athletic upside, and they trust in their staff to teach these guys how to play football. And frankly, I think that's a really good way to construct your team. Um, and with that in mind all those guys are kind of gone. And I don't think that Aranda's done nearly as good of a job of recruiting at Baylor. And I think that the changes to NIL have made it more difficult because teams can come in late if they spot the athletic upside that Baylor spotted and just steal guys. Right. And so um, as we saw, even with Oregon last year, taking Austin Novosad at the very end of the, of the, of the cycle. So um, I'm not super high on Baylor just as a program right now. I really like Dave Aranda as an off- as a defensive coordinator. Um, but beyond that, I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Bears. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, all right, so lastly for this week, or sorry, two more. I got Tulsa playing up at Washington. I got Washington taking care of business there. Um, I do as well. And then uh, Washington State uh, hosts Wisconsin in the return of the home-and-home home series that started last year. Washington State went on the road last year, got the upset at Wisconsin in what it, I thought was kind of fluky, uh, but I have Wisconsin yeah, that, uh, beating them in Pullman this year. I think this is going to be a blowout. Like, again, I, I'm probably a little bit higher on the Cougars than most this year um, just because I think that they've added some pretty nice pieces to the receiver room this offseason through the transfer portal, but – Wisconsin's basically a completely different team with a way better coach. I mean, there's a reason that they fired their coach midway through the year last year. Um, and I just think that this is a Wisconsin team that's going to be more than ready to take care of business against the Cougars and Pullman. Totally agree. All right, let's get into week three. Arizona hosts UTEP. I got Arizona winning. I have Arizona winning as well. Arizona State hosts Fresno State. I've got the Sun Devils winning this one. Me too. California hosts Idaho State. Can I, can I stop for a second? Yeah. yeah. Uh, really quick, I actually think that this is um, – we, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about Fresno State, but I, Fresno State is only a four – is a four-and-a-half point um, – the only a four-and-a-half point dog at Purdue week one. Um, Purdue is actually not a – like it's a pretty tough place to play. Uh, and they got Hudson Card, and I really like their coach. He's the former Illinois defensive coordinator. And uh, they're spending some money up there on, on NIL, and they retained a lot of important players. So – I would um I'm I personally have put some shekels on Purdue to cover at home a four and a half point spread this weekend. That does seem kind of low. All right. Uh betting tips with QB. 
Now, the next I mean, episode. again, if you lose money, don't call me. But like, <laughs> if you win, tell everyone how great I am at picking these games. I, I went. I mean, for context, like I, I picked. I had six bets this last week, and I went four for six. And frankly, Vanderbilt had to blow a twenty-one point lead in the third quarter um, to not cover a seventeen and a half point spread. That would have made me five of six. And my sixth one was kind of a. It was kind of a hail mary money line play on Ohio over San Diego State. So, gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, you, they always say in the early weeks of college football, there's a lot of good bets to be made. Yeah, I have a lot of positions next week already. I think I've got like 16. All right, let's move on. Uh, California hosts Idaho State. Cal will get a rare win this year in that game. Yeah, I agree. Colorado will pick up their first win of the season in week three, hosting Colorado State. Agreed. And Oregon. I will say that Colorado State should be improved. Like that might be a tighter score than people would expect, but uh, I think Colorado's going to win that game. Yeah. Uh, like, like they like be careful of that week one Washington state game because Colorado state, like they they could be dangerous for a team like Wazoo, but I think that Wazoo's edge play will be enough. Yeah. I'm not betting on that game. No, I'm um, not touching it. Uh, Oregon hosts Hawaii. That will be an easy victory for the ducks. Yep. I will be cooking Kula pork and, fried rice and other Hawaiian uh, specialties at the tailgate. Oh, I wish I could come to that one. Well, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be at a different one. Yeah. Uh, Oregon state will host San Diego state. I've got the Beavers winning this one um, as well. I do too. San Diego state's offense is hard to watch. Um, I don't know if you watched any of their game against Ohio, Ohio kind of fumbled the bag. They had a chance to win that game and then had some turnovers and tough in tough positions and then put their defense in a bad spot. No, I, unfortunately, I was pretty busy on Saturday, so I only had time to watch the one game. Uh, yeah, Stan- yeah I, I watched pieces of this game, not the whole thing. Stanford will move to 2-1 and one on the season after hosting uh, their coach, Troy Taylor's former team, Sacramento State. Um, yeah, I got Stanford winning this game, but I this is their first win because yeah. they didn't beat Hawaii for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a long time before their next win on the schedule after week three, so uh, we'll talk about that as we go. UCLA hosts North Carolina Central, which I didn't never heard of before. Uh, they'll win. Um, yeah, I don't even know what their mascot is. I'm going to take the Bruins. I had to look it up as I was looking at the little like uh, the little emblem schedule, you know, bird the logo of some schedule, kind. and I'm like, I don't know I, what that are is. Are they the Falcons? I have no clue. No clue. Oh, okay. uh, Weber State goes to Utah to take a pounding, and they will lose, and Utah will win. Yep. Uh, Washington travels to Michigan State. Uh, it's a game Washington won fairly handily last year early. Michigan State did kind of make a second-half run in that game to get a little closer. I do think this game will be a win for Washington, but I think it will be closer than most think. Yeah, I don't. Uh, main reason being is the people that made that game close in the second half are all gone. Keon Coleman uh, is in Fres- <laughs> is at Florida State. Uh, Peyton Thorne is the starting quarterback at Auburn, and uh, and Reed plays for my Packers. So uh, I I think this is going to be another really tough year for Michigan State. I think their over under is only like five and a half or four and a half, um, and so I think Washington cleans up uh, even if it's in East Lansing. Fair enough. Uh, Washington State apparently wants to be in the state of Colorado because they play their second team from Colorado in week three. This time it's northern Colorado at home. I've got the Cougars winning. I do too. All right. Week four, Arizona goes to Stanford. I've got Arizona winning. I've got Arizona, and I think Arizona is going to make a bowl this year. Uh, Not to spoil anything, but um, 
specifically offensively, I think they they can be really good this year. Uh, I think their offensive line will be improved. I'm hoping Jaden Delora can take a step, not counting on it, but with players like T-Mac um, and Jacob Cowing to throw the ball to, some of the improvements they've made defensively, I'm hoping they can find like a higher baseline of competence than they were a year ago. So I, I definitely am taking the, the Wildcats here against Stanford. Uh, I mean, Delora just needs to not lose them games, right? Like, you don't have to be a hero. You just can't do the thing where you like throw three picks in a quarter or some crazy thing, right? Arizona is one of those teams where I think they can sneak up and bite you if you're not playing well. Like, totally. because of how explosive they can be offensively, I really think Jed Fish is a good coach and a good play caller offensively. Um, I think that they're going to be explosive enough to make teams with bad secondaries pay. And there's quite a few bad secondaries in this league. Yeah. I've got them pulling a couple upsets later in the schedule that we'll get to Um, uh, Arizona state hosts USC and the Trojans will win that one. Yep. Cal goes to Washington and gets destroyed. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Colorado goes to Oregon also gets destroyed. My first time back in Autzen. Oh, you're coming back. We're coming back. All right. Colorado. All right. I'll see you there. Um, Oregon State travels to Pullman. I actually have I have the Beavers losing this one. I kind of think it's one of the – Pullman's a weird place to play. I think Washington State's going to pull off the upset here over the Beavers. It's really funny you say that because I have the Beavers losing this game. Washington State's bad in the second – I just think this is a bad matchup for Oregon State. Um Washington State is not very big on the defensive line, but they're really gap-disciplined, and Jake Dickert's a good coach. Oregon State's secondary outside of Oladapo, to me, is a big question, and I think that Washington State's done a good job of upgrading their receiver room through the transfer portal. Uh, so with that in mind, and Cam Ward coming Not to back, mention I up, think, yeah, updating their scheme with their new coordinator as well. Yeah, and new offensive coordinator, which can't be worse, right? Um, so... I think this is a game that Washington State can win. I don't really trust Oregon State's comeback ability. Like if, if Washington State were to come out and get up early, uh, DJU and that group of receivers is not something that particularly excites me. And again, playing at Martin Stadium um, is tough. So, All right. Uh, probably the premier game of the week in the conference is UCLA traveling to Utah. I have Utah winning this one at home. I do not. I've got UCLA winning this game because UCLA kind of always beats Utah. That is Chips true. A really, that is Chips true. Does a really good job against Utah. I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick stick with Hifflade here. I don't think Andy Ludwig is actually that great of an offensive coordinator. I don't think there's a guarantee that Cam Rising is back by this game. And whoever's playing quarterback for UCLA, I think, will be operating at a pretty high level and has one of the best uh, play callers in all of football behind him. So I think this is a good UCLA team. I think defensively they're gonna take quite a big step forward this year. Uh, so I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the Bruins at Utah. All right, uh, that I believe wraps up week four. It Let's does. move on to week five. Uh, UW hosts. Oh, sorry, UW travels to Arizona, and this is one of those upsets I was talking about. Or no, it wasn't. Sorry, I got I got Washington winning this one at Arizona, but I do think it's it's an upset potential. So this is where I got Washington losing when they shouldn't. It's a week before their bye week, um, and I think that they might be very much so thinking about Oregon already by this point. Uh, the Desert Dogs is a thing. Ask any Washington fan. They lost at ASU to a bad team last year. They struggle in the desert. Shoot, Oregon has struggled in the desert at times. Um, but this is a game that I think that Washington is capable of losing just based on the fact that Arizona's passing game is going to be potent, and it's, an, it's a tough environment down there in Tucson. So you've got Arizona winning? 
I do have Arizona winning. Okay. Uh, Arizona State travels to Cal. I've got the Sun Devils winning in, at, at Cal in this one. I do. Oh, I have Cal winning. So this is Cal's one conference win. Uh, it's early enough in the season where Jaden Rashada could have a bad game and struggle a little bit. Um, I think that earlier in the year is where Cal's going to have to strike because they lost a lot and they were they tried to replace it through the portal. And in some places, I think they did a decent job. I think their receiver room's okay. Uh, I know their quarterback's extremely boomer bust. He's the TCU transfer. Uh, but I just think that Arizona State's going to be kind of unpredictable at times this year, specifically early, um, installing all new schemes, so many transfers, um, and really defensively, I think there's just a pure lack of talent. So uh, I, got, I got Cal pulling this one out at home to get their only Pac-12 win. I have them with one win as well, but it's coming later. I got Arizona State in this one. Uh, Colorado will host USC in just what? what is just a brutal opening stretch for Dion and, and it's another loss for Colorado. They will fall to one and four. Agreed. Uh, Oregon state travels down to the farm, maybe for the last time and who knows how long to take on uh, Stanford in a place that hasn't been very kind to Oregon, but they get the win in this one. Yeah. I, I, this is a horrible Stanford team. This game should be over by half. All right. Oregon state will host Utah and they will take their second loss in a row. And this one, as Utah comes in and gets to victory. Um, I definitely have Utah winning this game. Actually, yeah, two losses in a row. Um, I've got Utah winning this one. I think Cam Rising, this, we're, getting, we're starting to get to the point in the season where Cam Rising could be coming back. Um, but I think that, again, when you look at this matchup from a strength perspective, what Oregon State does well is what Utah generally stops pretty well. I think their safeties specifically are really good tacklers. They're more box players than cover guys. Um, and I just, I really don't know who the outside threats are for Oregon State. Uh, I've seen some reports that it might be Silas Bolden, but if Silas Bolden's your best receiver, is it really that good of a room? Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Utes here. All right, moving on to week six. Uh, Arizona travels to USC to the Coliseum. Uh, no, I, I don't have them winning that one. Maybe they'll score some points, but it's not going to be enough against Caleb and company, and the Trojans will move to 6-0. and yeah, I got the Trojans winning this one. I don't think it's going to be a particularly competitive game. They played with their food last year in Tucson and almost lost, and so I don't see that happening again. All right, now I've got Arizona State hosting Colorado, putting another loss on Deion and company. So the Sun Devils will move to 4-2 and two in this one, and Colorado will fall to 1-5. and five. Yep, I got Arizona State beating Colorado. I think, again, we're starting to look. We're, we're week six, right? So this is where Jaden Rashada should be kind of coming into his own. Elijah Badger, uh, Jordan Tyson, some of the other playmakers on the outside. I think that this is a game that's going to be a shootout, uh, but I trust Kenny Dillingham um, as a play caller to manipulate the clock and get this win. Yep. All right. California hosts the Beavers. They're not going to win this one. The Beavers will break their two-game skid and move to uh, four and two on the year in a victory at Cal. I also have this as an Oregon State win. And finally, in week six, UCLA will host Washington State. They will, after their bye, they both were on a bye, they will pick up a victory, move to four and one on the year. Washington State will fall to three and two. Yeah, this is just a bad matchup for Washington State. There's a lot of good pass rush for the Bruins and a very poor offensive line. Uh, I think that UCLA is going to be able to also throw the ball on, on a very, uh, let's just call it subpar Washington State uh, defensive back room. All right, and on that note, we've got in week seven, we've got Arizona traveling up to the Palouse to take on Washington State. I don't feel great about this one, but I'm picking the Wildcats to go on the road and win this game a lot 
for the reasons you just said. So, yeah, I'm actually picking the Wildcats for this one as well because I think that they're just going to be able to get the win through the air. Um, and I just get this feeling that Arizona is going to be like I, – I don't love their defensive coordinator, but I, I think they're going to be enough better to find a couple stops against this Cougars team. All right, California will go to Utah, and it will not be pretty for California. They will lose their fourth in a row. They will fall to two and five on the year. Utah will be on a four-game winning streak to go to four and one, and they pick up the victory at home. Yep, I think this is a splattering. I think Utah is just a way better football team than Cal. Colorado will host Stanford and get off the three-game losing streak. They will beat the Cardinal at home to move to two and five. Agreed. I Stanford's bad. <laughs> uh, obviously, the like game. They're not, of the week. they're not Colorado last year. Like we're not going to bet. We're not going to bet on whatever the spread is against them. But they're not far off. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, so game of the week, obviously in the Pac-12, one of the best games in the country this week. Oregon travels up to Montlake to take on Washington. I've got them both five and zero coming into the game. I've got Oregon leaving six and zero with Washington falling to five and one. I think that means you have. Well, I want to know your prediction. So go. Yeah, I've got the Ducks winning this game. Uh, last year was an interesting end. Uh, Oregon's marching down the field to go up eleven. Obviously, there was the bad snap, uh, which put Oregon behind the chains, and then the Knicks injury. I don't see that being replicated. I think Oregon did a lot more this offseason to improve defensively than Washington did. Um, and I think that Oregon actually had more room to improve offensively than Washington does, especially when you consider the turnover on the offensive lines. I think Oregon is better equipped to take take uh, to replace those starters than Washington is. Um, and because of that, I've got the Ducks winning this game on the road against the Huskies. Yeah, and if you uh, follow me on Twitter, you will see where I have laid out in quite a lot of detail the snap counts and start counts of Oregon's old versus new offensive line and Washington's old versus new offensive line. And you can see it, it dovetails what QB is saying there as far as from an experience standpoint. All right. So moving on, Oregon state will host UCLA in this one. This is a game where I feel like the winner of this game could make a run at the second spot in the title game for all the reasons we've discussed in the past. I don't actually have either one of these teams making the title game, but I do have Oregon state winning this game at home to go to five and two on the year, dropping UCLA also to four, five, uh, four and two on the year. Yeah. I got Oregon state winning this one. Um, I think UCLA is going to backdoor their way to like a, well, not backdoor at all, but I think they're going to win like 10 games this year. Um, and I think that they are actually probably the better team than Oregon state, but going on the road to Reeser this year is going to be tough. I think that especially against the teams that are off to the big 10, um, there's going to be quite a bit of angst in those environments. Uh, and I think that a UCLA team like this chip teams of I me, mean, even last year, right? Like what they lose to Arizona. Yeah. Um, they always drop when they shouldn't. And I think, I think a, a well-coached Oregon state team is the type of team that can make that happen, especially on the road. So uh, give, give me the Beavers at home over UCLA. I do feel like this game is like a key matchup for both of the, like the loser of this team is not going to Vegas. The winner of this game might. So, and yeah. I just kind of figured I, I, I was going to pick whoever was at home and it happened to be Oregon State. So they're going to get this one for me. Um, moving on, we've got USC traveling to Notre Dame uh, and really their first test of the year, if you will. I've got USC winning this one, but I, you know, we'll see how it plays out over the next few weeks. Yeah, I got USC. I think Caleb Williams is just too good. And that does it for week seven. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Moving on to week eight. Arizona State goes up to Washington. I think Washington will bounce back off their, their heartbreaking loss to Oregon and they will get the win at home against uh, the Sun Devils. Yeah, this is a, a game that I could see being a blowout. I think Washington's like they have the pass rush to really make a true freshman quarterback struggle. So I think the Huskies take care of Arizona State pretty handily. Uh, Oregon will host Washington State. I think they get a a pretty easy win. Yeah, I don't I don't see the Ducks taking them lightly after what happened last year in, on the Palouse. Um, and I think again, Oregon's talent advantage over the rest of the conference only grows this year. So give me the Ducks pretty handily. And Stanford will host UCLA. It won't matter. They will lose their fourth in a row. The Bruins will take this one. Yep. UCLA, game of the week here, definitely. UCLA hosts Utah. Sorry, USC can't play Stanford and Utah (laughs) the same week. Yeah, sorry. The Trojans host Utah, and after losing twice Utah this year, they are not going to lose this game. No no way. I agree. This is one that's circled by USC. I think that USC is going to, at this point, I think their defense is going to take have taken whatever step it's going to take. Um, and defensively, I don't think Utah in the secondary matches up well at all with, with USC. Um, hopefully Van Fillinger for them can kind of get back to what he flashed early in his career uh, as a pass rusher because they're going to desperately need it or else they're going to get picked apart. All right, let's move on to week nine. Flying through this here, Arizona will host will host Oregon State. This is where I have Arizona pulling the upset. I've got them winning this game um, down in the desert against the Beavers. I do as well. It's funny. Uh, full, full disclosure: we did not talk about these. No, we did not all. compare. <laughs> we've had a few. Um, we've had a few that are different. I think we look at the things. I mean, we talk a lot, right? So we look at things pretty similarly. Um, again, Oregon State secondary question mark. Um, their ability to throw the ball question mark. I think that where Arizona will take the biggest step is in the front seven. Uh, so give, give me the, give me the uh, Wildcats. I believe this is for bowl eligibility. No, uh, it's not. No, it's not. No, this it's not. would be five for me. Yeah. All right. And then uh, Arizona state will host Washington state. I also have the sun devils winning this one at home. I do not. I've got Washington State winning on the road here. Again, I just think that this Arizona State team is going to have quite a bit of variance um, just based on the talent available. They've got some good pieces on, at the skill positions on offense, but defensively, I think they're kind of a black hole. And I think that against teams like that, uh, Cam Ward and that receiver room are going to be able to get some things done. Yeah, I, I don't feel good about when I added all this up. My I have Washington State at a lower win total than I would probably put them at. So this is probably one of those games where uh, you know, I would see this flip-flopping and, and probably making their win total a little bit more where I probably think they should be. So, yeah, I don't feel great about this one, but I picked a home team. Yeah, um, I, I had, like, I had win totals in mind when I was making these lists. Um, and, like, I wish I could just say that every team I think is better is going to beat the other team, but this is football. That's not how that happens. And so, like, for instance, I think Oregon State's a better football team than Arizona, but with win totals in mind, I, want, I have Arizona at 6-6. Six and six. This is a game that they had to win. Um, and it made sense for Oregon State's win total as well. Yep, I got gotcha. you. All right, Cal will host USC. They will lose their fifth game in a row. 
Yeah, Cal stinks. Continue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Colorado will travel to UCLA and not win, uh, but UCLA nope. will will win their second in a row. They will move to bowl eligibility and be six and two. That UCLA pass rush is going to eat Colorado alive. Oregon travels to Utah. This is where I have Oregon. Um, after being seven and to come in, I have them losing and Rice Eccles to fall to uh, seven and one. Yeah, tough place to play. It'll be a crazy environment. I have Oregon losing this game too. I think Oregon's the better football team. Fundamentally, there's no reason this should happen, but we're going to have a game where we don't play our absolute best. And I think that um, when we get to kind of – when you get down to the brass tacks, like no team's ever gone 9 in conference in the Pac-12 era. I think Oregon is probably as good as it's been in that period. Uh, but I don't think that this team is good enough to go 9-0 with this brutal of a schedule. So I got them losing on the road to Utah. Yeah, I also think this is a game I'm looking at it from Utah's standpoint, right? They they will have lost to USC the week before, and they're looking at this game as like as a must win, right? If they lose this game, there's no chance they're going to make the the Las Vegas. So I, I think they kind of get up for this game against Oregon. And this and is my anti pick. I actually think that this is a horrible matchup for Utah, but I'm going to go ahead and take the take the yeah, anyway. I, I, I you gotta I gotta pick a loss somewhere for Oregon, and this is the one I decided on. Um, all right, so let's move on. Oregon State, we already covered that one. Stanford hosts Washington. Uh, Stanford's a bad football team. Washington wins pretty easily. Yeah, I, I think Washington could probably roll out the twos and win this game. And is that it? That's it for the week. Yep. Okay, moving on to week 10. Arizona hosts UCLA. I actually have them pulling the upset again at home two weeks in a row. First, they beat the Beavers at home. Then they beat UCLA at home, and this gets them to bowl eligibility. Yeah. I uh, Wait, sorry, which game is this? Arizona-UCLA. I got UCLA. Okay. Not again. Right. They lost last year. They're not losing to the Bruins again. Or the Bruins aren't losing to the Wildcats again. Yeah, good call. Good call. I didn't think about that one. All right, Arizona State travels to Utah. Uh, nope, they're not winning. Utah takes care of that nope. one. Utah is a better football team, and I think they'll be they like Kyle Whittingham teams kind of get their mojo in November, um, and I think they'll be playing some pretty good ball by that point in the year. California travels to Autzen to take on the Ducks, and they lose their sixth game in a row as Oregon gets uh, gets off the the one game losing streak to move to eight and one. Yeah, this is God's punishment for Wilcox lying about getting offered the Oregon job. <laughs> I was gonna go make a Wilcox joke, but you uh, you had a better one. All right, Colorado host the Beavers. Uh, nope, can't do it. Beavers are going to win this one. Yeah, this is the type of team that the Beavers just bully. Yeah, this will move the Beavers to 6-3 and three and make them bowl eligible at this point in the year as well. All right, we've got um, Stanford traveling up to the Palouse, not winning as Washington State uh, gets off for me what's a four-game losing streak and, and wins this one to go to four, four and five. Pretty soon we're going to have a game where one of the Bay Area schools has to win. That's going to be exciting. But it's coming. Uh, shock, shocker! I've got the Bay Area schools going a combined two and sixteen in conference. Um, I have them a combined two and sixteen in conference as well. <laughs> um, all right. So USC hosts Washington, and I just think. USC is a better football team. I'm sorry. Yeah, USC is a better football team. I think 
they're going to, this might be a shootout, but I think USC has more firepower there. They're playing at home. I think they're going to continue their role. This will put them at 10 and 0 and drop Washington down to 8 and 2. 7 and 2. Yeah. This will put Washington 7 and 3 for me because I've got them losing this game as well. Again, matchup wise, I just hate this for Washington. I think this is a bad matchup, bad spot. You have to go on the road to the Coliseum. Again, if a team like USC is 10 and 0 hosting a ranked Washington team, uh, you're going to get the best of the Coliseum, which is actually a pretty crazy environment when they want it to be. So uh, got, go ahead and give me, mark this one up for the Trojans. All right, moving on to week 11. Arizona on the road at Colorado, at Prime, at Dion. Arizona pulls this one out, moves to seven and three. So this is where I've got Dion getting it. Um, I think that... I think that this is a matchup that, that Colorado can win. I think it's a home game later in the season. I think that, that that roster of transfers will be gelling at this point. And I actually think the top end, or I guess not the top end, but I think the uh, the median talent for Colorado on paper is probably better than Arizona. And by this part in the season, they actually might be playing like that. So give me, give me uh, the Buffaloes and Boulder to get their second Pac-12 win. All right. Sun Devils play in L.A. at the Bruins. I've got UCLA taking care of business in this one. Homecoming game for Jaden Rashada, but it won't matter. UCLA cruises. Cal hosts Washington State at home, and I have Cal winning their first conference game and first and only conference game of the season, uh, beating the Cougars at home. No, this is an important one for the Cougs. I got them winning on the road. I don't think Cal's good enough to beat the Cougs. Fair enough. Uh, what do we got? Oregon, USC, game of the week, probably in the whole country. Oregon will be coming into this game at eight and one. USC will be coming in at ten and zero. Oh, and the Ducks knock USC off the perch. They get the victory at home to move to nine and one, dropping the USC Trojans to ten and one. This is the biggest game in the conference this year, uh, and I think that Oregon wins it. And the fun part about this is, is this is one of those ones where we send them home in a win, and then we get to remind them, or with a loss, and then we get to remind them that they don't get to run away from us next year. We'll be right there in the in the Big Ten with them. Um, matchup wise, I think Oregon's gonna be able to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball in this game. Uh, any any improvements that Oregon's going to see in the pass rush will definitely have manifested by this point. Uh, and if you can't block San Jose State, again, I'm not saying that USC won't improve on the offensive line. I have a feeling you're not going to be able to block us either. Uh, Oregon's going to be able to, again, control the line of scrimmage, do what they want offensively, remain balanced. Um, Caleb Williams is going to have to carry this game, and frankly, he's good enough to do it. I think this is going to be a very, very competitive game, fun game. But ultimately, I think that that crazy odds and environment is going to come through for the Ducks at the end. Yeah, I think there's going to be a team that after last year knows how to win close games. Yeah, I think the home environment is definitely going to be a different a differentiator in this game. And I think, like you said, I trust Oregon's offensive line to be able to handle USC's defensive line way more than I trust USC's offensive line to be able to handle Oregon's defensive line. Especially because you're talking about this at this point in the season, too. Like you're going to be testing your depth. There's going to be injuries for both teams. I like Oregon's depth. I think the overall roster is better. Um, so, yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, great game. Uh, Oregon will will pull away and win. Well, not pull away, but Oregon will win this one. Um, Oregon State hosts Stanford. Uh, they win this one to move to seven and three on the year. Yep, I have Oregon State winning this game as well. 
And another great game this week, a little under overshadowed or a lot overshadowed by Oregon USC, but Utah and Washington play each other. It's in Washington. They did not play last year. I actually have Washington winning this one at home in a game that that really kind of knocks Utah out of contention for uh, for Las Vegas and keeps Washington in contention. Yeah, I've got uh, Washington winning this game as well. Again, when I think about the matchups, uh, Washington's passing game against a kind of more box-centric group of safeties. I'm, I'm going to take the Huskies. All right, two more weeks to go. We are on to week 12. This was kind of a big week last year in the Pac-12, and I think we'll see it again here. Uh, Utah goes on the road to Arizona. I actually have Utah winning this one to, to keep their slim hopes alive. Yeah, I do as well. I don't um, I don't think Arizona is a good enough football team to beat Utah, even if Utah's coming off a loss on the road to the Huskies. I think uh, – They'll be road warriors. They're resilient. They're well-coached. They'll come back and be the team that they're more physical than. I think that Utah will be able to run the ball kind of at will against against the Wildcats. Yeah, at this point, then, Oregon, the trap game of the year for Oregon, right? So after the, the USC game, they go on the road to Arizona State, place where they've had some letdowns in the past, 2019 obviously being the most recent example of that. But I think this Oregon team this year is just – they're too good to uh, – to have that happen and and they're too good of a team for Arizona State and I've got them winning on the road in Tempe. Yeah, this team is not as dangerous to me. I mean obviously there's the parallels of freshman Jaden Daniels versus and a freshman Jaden Rashada. Um but this Oregon football team I think at this point in the season will be locked in um understanding that they control their own destiny for the playoff and that there's no room for slip ups and so I got the Ducks winning uh, comfortably on the road in the Dan Landing Kenny Kenny Dillingham in the battle of the two worst teams in the conference, where somebody has to win, California goes on the road or on the road next door to take on Stanford. And I actually have in the game, it's just called the game, right? The game? It's not the yeah. big game, it's just the game. The game. It's such a weird game. It's like, yeah, yeah, went to the game. I'm not very excited about it. It's just the game. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, Doug. I don't know. Well, it's fitting for these two teams. I've got I got Stanford breaking a seven game losing streak and beating Cal at home. I do not. Uh, I think Stanford will be – I think that, that Cal might be looking for a new head coach by this point in the season. Um, and so with that in mind, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Stanford to win this game. Yeah, I had Stanford winning as well. Oh, wait, you did? I thought you said Cal was going to win the road. No, I said Stanford was going to win at home. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's okay. All right. Uh, Colorado – Goes up to the Palouse. This is one of the ones where I have Dion kind of uh, breaking a little bit of a losing streak here, winning on the road. Kind of a, a good way to end not not end the year, but end the year in the sense of this is their last victory of the year to get him to three wins on the season and winning at uh, at Washington State. To me, this is a must win for bowl eligibility for the Cougs. Uh, I think that Colorado, a team full of transfers, having been eliminated from bowl contention at this point of the year, uh, might have quit. And so I'm going to go ahead and take the Cougs at home in Martin Stadium. Gotcha. All right. A game that is paramount for Washington's um, kind of in the same same boat as Utah, needing to win this game to stay in the hunt for an outside chance at making the conference title game. They go on the road to Oregon State, but I've got the Beavers uh, winning this one at home. And again, kind of a, what you described before, right? Uh, kind of a, a lot of uh, a lot of passion in that fan base around the teams, particularly the teams that are leaving to go to the Big Ten. 
like Washington, Oregon, UCLA, USC. They host two of those this year. This one's against UW. I think their fans, it's their last home game of the year, their last home game as members of the Pac-12. I think they're going to win this one. Yeah, senior night, Oregon State's going to be really excited, and they're going to show up and get absolutely curb stomped by a Washington team that um, <laughs> is trying to salvage a season where they're not competing for the title anymore at this point. In my book, I have them at uh, I have them with three losses already. So, uh, so knocks down the beads of peg. Yeah. Yep, I okay. got Washington winning on the road. Uh, Michael Penix throwing the ball all over the field, and DJU turning the ball over when they try to do the same back. All right, so we differ on that If it's one. not Aiden Charles by this point in the season. Yeah, very well could be. Uh, all right, UCLA, USC. This one is at the Coliseum. I've got USC bouncing back from their Oregon loss to win their last game of the year, move to 11-1, keep themselves in playoff contention, and uh, and sit home on week 13 and, and see who they're going to play in Vegas. After watching UCLA against USC last year, I think that UCLA is kind of afraid to beat USC. Um, and I think USC is the better football team. And so with those with that psychological trauma in mind, I'm going to take the Trojans here at home. And finally, we move into week 13. Arizona, Arizona State and the Territorial Cup. I've got both. I've got Arizona already at bowl eligibility at six and five. I've got Arizona State at five and six. I'm sorry. I've got Arizona at seven and four. My bad. Uh, and I've got Arizona State at five and six. Although Arizona State just recently declared today that they would not, they were going to put themselves on a bowl ban, which really is kind of a shitty thing to do for your seniors and your other players. Um, well, it's not going to matter because they're not going to be bowl eligible. I got Arizona State winning this game, though, despite I that. Because uh, I think that Kenny Dillingham is going to be able to use that to rally the troops. Hey, last game of the season, last game at home, um, especially with all the local flair on the staff and on the team. There's a lot of kids and, and coaches from the state of Arizona. I think this game is going to mean a lot to Arizona State. Um, and with Arizona having already secured bowl eligibility the week um, in the weeks prior, I think that Arizona State's going to be able to win this one at home. I do have Arizona State winning as well to get to six and six, but like I said, they won't go to a bowl apparently. Uh, California at UCLA, Bruins will take care of business. Yes. Colorado, <laughs> Colorado will travel to Utah and take their annual pummeling. Yes, they will. Oregon will avenge last year's uh, fourth quarter meltdown at home against Oregon State in the last for now version of the Civil War. Uh, this game will move them to eight and one in conference and put them in the title game against the Trojans. They will, uh, I think they'll win this one by, I don't know, 10, 14 points. Yeah, this is a multiple score win. I mean, they were multiple touchdowns better last year until they just decided to stop playing. So um, I don't think Oregon's going to make that mistake again, again, especially with a playoff spot on the line um, and the Pac 12 championship game already secured. Uh, Stanford host Notre Dame doesn't matter. They're going to get rolled. Yep. Notre Dame. Uh, Especially after game. last year when they Stanford somehow won that game last year, but they're not going to this year. And the Cougs go on the road to Washington to get their annual ass kicking. Um, and Washington finishes the season nine and three. You got it. All right. So let's go through our, our season totals by let's just start at the top of the standings. I've got Oregon and USC both at 11 and one and eight and one in conference and obviously both playing a rematch in Vegas. Yep. I do too. Next up, I have a, a two teams, both at nine and three. Uh, Utah is at nine and three with seven and two in conference. And I've got Washington at nine and three, but six and three in conference. All right. Well, mine's a little bit different. I got UCLA in third at 10 and two, seven and two in conference. This is largely due to the fact that they don't play Washington or Oregon. 
Uh, and then I've got Utah, or sorry, Washington at four with the win over Utah head to head at nine and three, six and three in conference. And Utah at five, nine and three, six and three in conference. You have Utah winning at Baylor then. Okay, that's right. All right. And then, um, and then your win totals next to mine so we can compare them at the end. And then I have Oregon State at eight and four, five and four. I've got Washington State at seven and five, five and four in sixth place. Okay. I've got Washington State at, I, I think this is too low, but I've got four and eight, two and seven. Yeah. yeah. In seventh place, actually, I don't have the Beavers. I've got Arizona, despite having a worse record at six and six, four and five, with the head to head over the Beavers. Um, and then I've got Oregon State at seven and five, four and five in the eighth spot. I've got uh, Arizona at six and I'm sorry, Arizona at seven, five, five and four. I've got, like I said before, the Beavers at eight and four, five and four. That leaves yeah. us with Arizona State. I've got six and six, four and five. I've got four and eight, two and seven. I don't think they're going to have a great year. I think that the bottom four in the conference is quite a bit worse than the rest. And then I've got Colorado in 10th, three and nine, two and seven. Same Stanford record for me. in 11th, two and 10, one and eight. I've got Stanford uh, and at then, three and nine, one and eight. Gotcha. And then I've got Cal at three and nine, one and eight. Um, although you never know, Stanford Damn. might be able to get that Hawaii win next week and yeah, I think that's the difference in our projections. I also have Cal at three nine one and eight there. So uh, overall, I think we are obviously on the same on Oregon and USC. We differ quite a bit on UCLA and a bit more on Oregon State and Washington State. Same on Washington, um, Utah, roughly the same. We had a different conference record there. I mean, yeah. the the thing for me is like the way when I look at mine, the top five teams are clearly separated from everybody else. Uh, I know everyone keeps talking about a top, top six, including the Beavers. I just don't see that. Like again, when you could look at what they lost last year, I understand that they are supposed that they are upgrading air quotes at quarterback, but the problem is that the defense is what really made them good last year, and it's going to be substantially worse. Uh, and I don't think that the passing improvement under DJ is going to be enough to make up for that difference. While teams like Utah, Washington, UCLA, Oregon, and USC make actual improvements this year. Yeah, I think where I where I'm kind of looking at my tiers is I have a clear top two, right? Oregon and USC just separating themselves by two full games from anybody else in the car. I think you have, you have USCLA at ten wins. I don't have anyone yep. else at ten wins, so I've got a clear separation between those top two. And then I, what I would call the next four in my list are, you know, are, are Washington, Utah, and then slightly behind them UCLA and Oregon State. So I've got a clear top two, and then a next four, and then kind of the the Arizona Arizona State grouping and then you've got the bottom three yeah so the way i break this down is top two obviously u of o usc and then my next three ucla washington utah then my next three washington state arizona and osu and then my last four arizona state colorado stanford and cal yeah so i think the breakdown. big i think the bigger difference here the biggest difference when you look at that is you've got oregon state you know a couple pegs lower than me you've got washington state a couple pegs higher than me but other than that it tracks pretty well yeah all right, shall we move on to some end-of-season award predictions? Yeah, I hate these things. So uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I do, too. As possible. I do, too. I hate, I hate these things. I think but... all conference teams are stupid. I think all this is dumb. Um, I think doing them ahead of the season are dumb. I, I, so maybe we just – if you don't want it, we won't. No, no, no. Let's just do it. Screw it. Okay, so we only got five. I got, I got Lanning as coach of the year going 11-1 and one, uh, after being picked by everyone to be fourth in the conference. I've got uh, Dan Lanning winning coach of the year. 100%. 
I agree. Um, I've got Dan Lanning as well. Offensive player of the year, Caleb. Yeah, Caleb Williams has to be because if they go 11-1, that means he's doing massive amounts of work and carrying them. And frankly, he did last year. He did it in week one or week zero. Uh, and I'm sure he's going to do it throughout the season as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, uh, this is the hardest one for me. A defensive player of the year award. It feels like I likely Atu Latu out of UCLA. And I think if they go 10-2, and two, like you said, he'll win it. I've got them going 8-4. and four, So I'm like, eh, is that enough to win it at, at you know kind of a that level of play? So I like him a lot there. I kind of was thinking, like, if Oregon and USC separate themselves the way I haven't predicted, it's probably going to be someone from one of those two teams. And if it's from one of those two teams, it's more likely going to be Oregon. So I'm like, it'll be an Oregon player. Which one? I have no idea. Why not uh, Jordan Birch, I guess? So uh, I'm kind of that's where I'm going with this one. But I also feel like it's kind of a crazy pick. I actually don't have it for one of the top two teams. I got Braylon Trice. I think he's the most important team for that wa- or most important player for that Washington defense. I think he's a really, really good pass rusher. I think he'll have really good stats this year. Um, and because of that, even with his team not being in the hunt, uh, I think that there will just be too many players splitting votes for Oregon and USC, and Trice will win uh, because of that. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you. Trice it is. All right, let's go to freshman. You're not supposed to copy me. Ah, you, already... no, I mean, you, you convinced me. I'm, uh, all right, freshman, uh, the easiest one to pick, freshman offensive player of the year. I mean, we saw him play last night. In the Coliseum. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously some recency bias behind the Zach Branch pick, but I've been a big fan all offseason. Um, I actually picked him when we did our wide receiver draft. You did. And, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Zach Branch, but I will say that Jaden Rashada, like if if Arizona State was to outperform what I have in front of me, uh, could be the pick because he's going to need to play really well for that to happen. Yeah, or maybe maybe if Dante Moore ends up being the starter in UCLA, that could be another one that could could come in and take that, or Aiden Childs at Oregon State, right? So I think that there, you know, a quarterback has such an advantage in these types of things to begin with. But outside of one of those things happening, uh, Zach Branch feels like he's a guy. Well, I just think that a lot of the USC offense will run through Branch, and because of that, he's going to have crazy numbers. Plus, um, being a kick returner, like all-purpose yardage. I, again, yeah. I, I think that. Um, Think of it if you look at like Lincoln Rally offenses over the years, they do a really good job of featuring their top cat, and I think he's going to be that guy this year. So, all right, I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, freshman defensive player of the year, I'm going to I'm going to say Mateo. I, I think Mateo U is going to, I think he's going to perform this year, and he's going to be a revelation and and win this award. I don't think he's going to get the snap count necessary because I think Oregon's going to rotate a lot of guys on the edge. So I'm going to go tack at Curtis. Uh, the true freshman starting inside linebacker for USC. Um, I think he's going to be turning the kind of a tackling machine for them. And I think that like inside linebackers <laughs> particularly are guys that get the guys that get a lot of stats um, tend to win these awards. And so with that in mind, I'm going to go with Curtis um, you know, from Louisiana playing for the, the Trojans defense. Media voters love tackle stats. They love counting tackles. Like, yeah, doesn't like matter, like doesn't matter if like the tackles right. are like, yeah, it doesn't matter if the tackles are, are yeah. for loss or 20 yards down the field. It's a tackle. Oh. It must yeah, have been good. He's an active, he's a really good athlete, sideline to sideline linebacker. Like, guys like Weaver and Scooby yeah, Weaver. Wright. And, Weaver's the classic um, one. Like, who was yeah. the the Washington linebacker that everyone just fought oh, over? Who uh, was ben totally Burkerbin. Yes, Ben Burkirvin. Guys like this always win these awards. And so with that in mind, Freshman Defensive Player of the Year, Tackett Curtis. Damn. You you are much smarter with these picks than me. And I went full homer, apparently. So um, good job, QB. I went anti-homer on some of these. I like, have to fight myself. Yeah, I, I'm well, I excited just think that about Because of season. how deep of a football team Oregon is, that like it's going to be tougher for individuals to rack up crazy stats. 
Um, but I think that like if the coaches are honest with themselves at the end of the year or the interns or whoever the hell does fills out the all conference teams that there's going to be a hell of a lot of Oregon players littering the first and second teams. Yeah, no, I think you're right on there. I, I mean, QBM, uh, we're wrapping up this episode, but I, I find myself having to constantly check myself because I feel very confident about this Oregon team this season, more so than I have in quite a number of years. And I'm, I, I keep having to go, I'm like, Am I over, am I, you know, where's my rationality here? Where's my bias here? Am I, am I being too enthusiastic and too homerish or is there really something to feel this level of confidence about? And I, I don't know. I, I feel real confident about this season. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, it's peak optimism season, right? Like we're a week out. Um, but I think this is a really talented team, uh, and I think it's a really deep team that could withstand the, the kind of like brutality of the season um, and, and some injuries as long as it's not to like Bo Nix. Obviously, I think that's true for all of these teams, right? Injuries at quarterback are derailing. Um, and so, like uh, to me, like these types of predictions are like obviously dependent on quarterback health. Like I'm I'm making these predictions assuming all the quarterbacks are healthy, except for the guys that we know. Yeah. Um, aren't healthy already, a.k.a. Cam Rising. Yeah, you know, it doesn't help when Josh Pate comes out today and predicts Oregon to make the playoffs in the in the number three seed. Uh, that doesn't help the, uh, you know, checking my bias or checking my optimism a little bit. But uh, I do think what you said there is key. I think if you look at depth, it's hard to see a team in this conference, including USC, who has more replacement level depth, playable depth that Oregon does. Yeah, I would agree. All right, man. Anything more before we call it an episode? I think we call it there. All right. So we will be back Thursday morning with our week one preview. We'll break down to, to some degree. It's Portland state. We'll break down the, the first game for Oregon. Maybe talk about, maybe we'll have some depth chart stuff to talk about if it's anything uh, noteworthy there, and, and we'll certainly talk about the keys to the game from an Oregon standpoint. The keys are, they're going to win no matter what, but the keys of just like what, what looks like a successful week, right? And then we'll break down, we'll make our picks uh, for the other games around the conference and around the country. So we'll see you all on Thursday. QB, take us home. All right, guys. Hey, make sure to like and subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you listen to. Leave a five-star review. If you guys have questions, I believe we're planning to take some questions here yeah. uh, during our Wednesday episode. So send those uh, to the uh, QB11 podcast Twitter account, uh, or you can send them to uh, Doug or I individually, although there's a likelihood or there's a more of a possibility that it'll be over. there'll be an oversight with that. So um all things considered, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We look forward to uh, really ramping it up now because football's here. And uh, I know I'm excited. I know Doug's excited. So thank you guys again. This podcast has grown so much, and we really appreciate all the support.